Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this moment that we could be all together uh, listening to your word. Father, I just hope that this message really sinks into our hearts, that we that we change. I thank you again for church, for all these beautiful people. I thank you, Lord, that we can be part of such a greater thing. I thank you, Lord, for you. Father, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to, to land on each and every one of us, to open our ears and our eyes so we can hear your word, so it can pierce straight into our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can sit down. It's all right. Get comfortable. I'm very jealous. I'm picturing you all in pajamas. Oh, everyone in pajamas. But I am really excited, and I'm going to get straight into it um, because I'm so excited. I don't want to dilly-dally, and I'm dilly-dallying right now. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Now, some of you are probably catching on to where I'm going, like which scripture this is. I mean, it should be up there. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Now, hold on one second. Now, a lot of you are getting flashbacks to weddings. I know it. You're thinking about the last time you heard this. You're thinking about what this is about. And there's so many different ways to look at this scripture. But today, I just want you to flip that just a little bit. A lot of times when you hear this scripture about love, you're thinking about how I should be or how I should behave or even, man, love is amazing, right? But how to flip it today, God is love. Paul is showing you God. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So when you are face to face with God, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. So in this world, where we are right now, we're seeing but a reflection of God. But we will see face to face. 
Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. As much as God fully knows us, we shall fully know God when we pass away in the next. Here's the the clincher. Because Paul's showing us something, and then he's bringing us back to earth. He goes, so now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Man, I had such a great uh, respect and amazement that Paul got this revelation. I was just like, wow, wow, he really saw it. I was just like, wow. He's really giving it to us all there, unabashed love, showing us God. And then he makes it so easy for us. He goes, now, three things, faith, hope, love. And today, we're going to talk about the middle thing, which, you know, it's funny, we don't really talk about that much. It's almost like a given. We talk about hope. Now, um, you know, the last time I preached was like six weeks ago. And uh, straight after I finished preaching, I'm just like, I'm ready for the next thing that I'm going to be preaching about. And this time it didn't land straight away. It kind of took a couple of days. But when I when it hit me, it was hope. And I was like, oh, wow, hope. Wow, that's, that sounds nice. I like that idea. And um, as you can imagine, I was also very relieved because the last few times, the last words that I've had have been very convicting to me. And uh, it's caused me to change and dig in and pray. So hope has that nice like, oh, nice, hope. But then an interesting thing happened here is that we got a name change. Amazing. This church is not called what it used to be called. Now it's living hope. How prophetic that we are getting a new name. Just like Jacob turned into Israel. Living hope. We're living hope. You are living hope. God has given you something prophetic to live up to, to live with, to be. Living Hope. Now, I didn't choose that name, just so you know. Um, But I was quite surprised to hear that all the kids chose it. Well, I think all but one. So it's nice that they have this future and this way of seeing us that is of living hope. Whether you think about it or not, like we all have hope. Like we all have some type of hope. Like whether you're saved or not saved, there's also, also some way of us looking into our future looking at our lives, that is actually part of our story of ourselves. Like what we believe our life is about, our purpose, hope. Hope is actually an integral part of it. Um, and as you can imagine, you know, like when you get hope, like as something that you're going to be preaching about, I'm hearing the word hope used all the time, everywhere, in all different circumstances, situations. Hope, hope, hope. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, hope. There it is again. There it is again. It's like hope... It just gets used a fair bit. But one of the interesting things is is that a lot of times people use the hope, the word hope, as wishful thinking. It's not wishful thinking. And it's interesting when you dig to really get what hope is, what it does to you, what you end up believing in and standing on, even the way Paul used it, faith, 
hope, love. So, um, and you know, like if you look into the news, you look into it every day, it's not exactly easy to be hopeful. It's like the whole world is actually conspiring to make sure that you know what's real, you know? The, the world kind of hits you with like, oh, you're not being realistic or you've got your head in the clouds, you know? It, look, look what happened to them. Look what happened to this person. Imagine this happened to them. Oh my goodness. Like, a lot of that stuff, that thing about being realistic has a way of digging into you and making you feel like that is what's real. But when you know the truth, when you know Jesus, you know that all things are possible. You actually start to realize that there's one fact that you can actually stand on, and that's the fact that you don't know anything, really. God knows everything. As much as other people might tell you what might happen or what's real or whatever, they don't really know. So today, we're going to look at, through Scripture, we're going to open up possibility and to really hit what it is to have living hope. Now, one of the things we have to really get about the word hope, and you can try it yourself when you're using it and thinking about it, is that hope actually requires vision. There has to be something beyond. And it is something that you, without realizing, you stand on. But there isn't an expectation. It's an interesting kind of limbo line that you sort of sit with. Um, and, you know, God obviously talks about hope a lot. But a good way to sort of see, like we need to sort of see where we're at before we can push forward, is you need to ask yourself, like, how do you see the world? What do you see is possible? Do you believe in miracles? Um, you know, another good way to test your hope is actually to ask yourself, how open is your heart? Um, how easy is it for you to love? How quick are you to forgive? Another way is, honestly, honestly, to look at how honest you are. Um, it, it's not, you know, it's not like you're going to lose your tact. You know, we all know that there's tact. Like, you don't have to blurt out everything. But can you be real? Are you truthful? Because lies actually fuel hopelessness. When you're not telling the truth, you're actually leaning in the possibility of something else. You're maybe fearful that what you really want cannot happen and therefore you start to lie to manipulate. It creeps in. And I think one of the other major things why we could be fearful of hope is that fear that things don't work out. What if I don't get it? What if it doesn't happen? What if I'm hoping for something and it doesn't happen? It doesn't work. It goes wrong. I think it's really important to realize, to, to even think back. A lot of the, the heroes in the Bible didn't get exactly what they hoped for. I mean, think about the apostles. I'm pretty sure Paul didn't hope to get his head chopped off. I'm pretty sure Peter, you know, didn't want to get tortured and hung upside down on a cross. And even Jesus himself 
when he was praying in the Olive Garden, he didn't want to be crucified. You know? He was praying to to remove that cup away. So there's an interesting thing to look at in terms of our fears. Because hope, hope doesn't try. Hope just is. And Psalms 42, 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. That refreshing of his presence. That no matter what you're going through, when you are going through that dark valley, when you are locked at home for two weeks, are you just hoping for a circumstance to change, or is it his presence that's actually helping you to get through it? You know? So easy to get into fear when we're in these moments where it doesn't look very hopeful. That the ideas and plans that you had doesn't look like it's going to come. Are you standing with God? Is his staff and rook pushing you to where you need to be? Because the foot of the righteous will be led through with God. I um, I've actually this next scripture that I've got. I've used it so many times. I I, I think I really love it. I have to admit, I really love it because I keep going back to it. Um, but one of the interesting things is that I've always been using it in terms of forgiving. Now listen to it. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Interesting note here about what you treasure, what you're looking forward to, what you really want, and how to help you to hope and be positive, optimistic maybe. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Interesting how darkness gets shown as mammon. But also interesting to show is that it's what's your desires and what's pushing through that's making you fall out. Who are you serving? Which way are you going? Which way are you looking? And more importantly, the next part. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? What is successful to you? What are you pinning your hopes on? No one likes to feel like unsuccessful or that they're failing or anything like that, right? So your desires and your hopes, what are you pinning it on? What is actually success? Or are you specific on what you're hoping for? 
Are you kind of like, mm, not really hoping in case it doesn't happen? Think about it. Think how, how we're, we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of loss. A lot of things that we don't want to happen. A lot of things that we're afraid of happening. It's like, how much are we actually focusing on that? Back to the scripture again. How much are we going into the darkness? How much are we trying to hold on? How much faith do we have? How much hope do we have? And therefore, how much love can we give? It's a supernatural thing to love. Faith as well, something that God builds in us. Supernatural. To be out in this world and feel full of hope. It's supernatural to walk in a room where everyone's negative and depressive and to instill hope into everyone, to bring up spirits. It's a supernatural thing that is given to you by God. Hope. Where does hope come from? Are you standing with the Lord? What's he speaking to you to speak? How are you able to lift the situation? How are you to bring joy? Because that's what hope does. It brings joy. In your pajamas, locked up, there can be joy. Depending, like, sure, you know, hey, finances might be hit. Sure, like, it's, it's scary to get COVID, to get sick. Sure, of course, but hope. But getting the best, but spending more time with their family. Isn't that funny that COVID does that? We're all locked up and now more people are spending time with their family. Or back to the things that are important, your family, people around you. That when everything goes down, if you're finding yourself alone, reach out. Are you hopeful for friendship? Think about it. Where are you focusing? I, 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 could, I feel like I could go on about this forever, really. I just go on and on. But I, I feel the, the, the important work and what really needs to happen is for you to do something. I'm giving you homework. That's right, I said it. It wasn't Athena the teacher that's giving you homework. I'm going to give you homework, all right? Are you ready? Two things. Write a list of 10 things of things you're hopeful for. Right? Maybe even do it with your partner. Write it down. It's been a while since I do it. I think it's time for me to sit down with my wife and we'll like go through what the 10 most things that we're really hopeful for. See how much it views your success. See how much it's tied into mammon. That's your homework. 10 things. And the second thing, share it with somebody. Talk it out with someone. You'll find that when you start sharing your hopes, other people start getting ideas for hope, being hopeful for things as well. Sort of breeds hope. And if you're standing on that hope, joy, straight away, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of this valley of darkness. Beautiful thing God has given us. Oh my goodness, it is so beautiful to be saved. So be sure to keep your eyes open for people who might be looking for that. And I'm going to finish off right now. And this is my last scripture for you before I head back. Back into my pajamas. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit 
you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you for your love, Father. Thank you for all the little ways that you've given us possibilities and little treats, little things that have made life great. I thank you, Father, for creating the impossible inside what other people think is possible. I thank you, Lord, for all the ways that you shine your light into everyone's life, into everyone's heart. Father, I pray that your word, your message becomes a shining path for all of us and that we lean into you in these times. And I thank you, Lord, for the name that you've given this body of people, living hope. That we stand on that and that our hope never dies. That with these words, living hope, that our doors are always open to anyone and in any situation. That we will see the opportunity and the possibility and be hopeful for others when they come through these doors and come into our body which is your body, Lord. You are the head. Father, I just thank you again for naming us Living Hope, for what that will do for our community, the suburb around it, the people in our lives, Father, that we stand on that name, that where there is darkness, where people have no hope, Father, that through you that we will bring hope, a hope that will not die, a hope and an understanding that they will see you, your love. I thank you so much, Father, for how you've blessed us. I thank you so much, Father, for the future and what it holds for each and every one of us. Lord, I praise you right now that it is only possible through you and with you. We're going to get in nice and close to you, Dad. We'll follow you. We will be your sheep. We will not fear because you are in front of us. Because you lead us. We are your children. And you are our Father. So I thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.